0: I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetas Lapidus of Mammoth Club Original Podcast.
1: Hey there, all you ghosts and ghouls! I'm Alan. I'm a sentient book. Oh, Next. what? I'm what? Molly.
2: I'm Max. There is a sentient uh, book.
1: Yeah, you're a sentient, you're a sentient
2: book? book.
0: Yeah, just like in the film we're discussing N- today.
2: It sweats, and I
0: didn't
1: like that. It all, yeah, <laughs> it also <laughs> cries. So there is there's something that produces moisture in multiple places on this book. And we're Zetus Lapidus, by the way. We are the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or decom in chronological order, except for this one. Spoiler alert! And then we overanalyze them, uh, like watching books sweat. This week we broke. The trend, and we watched Hocus Pocus too, because this is the Halloween episode. Halloween! I'm a ghost. Well, you're Molly's a book. I'm a ghost. (laughs) I'm a a ghost. I'm a book. Oh, that's pretty good. Thank and I'm a confused librarian. We watched Hocus Pocus 2. So the show info for Hocus Pocus 2 is two young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern-day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child-hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world, which... Yeah, that's a pretty good description. I mean, IMDb has gotten better. Like, if we're jumping forward from 1999 to 2022, I, I, they've improved significantly.
0: I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything about the folks over at IMDb, but if I were to wager a guess, they're probably a little more thoughtful about what to do with Hocus Pocus Two, a sequel. Almost 30 years in the making, that is the highest grossing thing that Disney Plus has ever done. Uh, More than they were into, I don't know, Genius, the 1999 DCOM. I
1: couldn't imagine why. Yeah, I I agree with your hypothesis. But yeah, we are watching, or we watched rather, Hocus Pocus 2, which was, I have to say, when they announced Hocus Pocus 2, I was giddy. Hocus Pocus became a cult classic, a good... Fantastic Halloween staple. So when they launched this, when they announced the second one, I was I was pretty jazzed about it. I've been nervous about it. You were
2: I I think when you like a story or an IP a lot, and then they're like, "We're going to make a second one," and you're like, "That yeah. usually doesn't work out for people." So <laughs> you know, I was when they announced it, I was like, "Ooh, okay,
1: fingers crossed. I hope it's not horrible." Well, since this movie just came out September 30th of 2022, I don't think I should ask if you watched this movie as a kid. Uh, Let's, however, talk about the first Hocus Pocus. Did you both watch that one as a kid? Came out in 93. We'll talk about it eventually.
0: Oh, I loved Hocus Pocus as a kid. I remember, uh, I didn't go see it in theaters, I don't think, but I remember specifically having the VHS and I remember watching it a lot as a kid i remember loving it sarah was my favorite sanderson sister i knew all the songs i could quote a lot of the movie this is definitely my favorite halloween movie
2: i watched hocus pocus as a kid i also don't think i saw it in theaters but definitely watched it like on a yearly watch when halloween movies would come on tv and it continues to be a yearly watch for me as part of my uh, adult halloween traditions so yeah lots love for her, uh the original hocus pocus which i guess is you know that leads into why i was nervous when the sequel got announced
1: i mean same for me i don't i don't remember watching it until i was i think 10 or 11 but certainly watched it loved it w- wasn't it considered a box office failure that's all of us are saying i didn't see it in theaters is exactly the story of hocus
2: pocus right
0: yeah, yeah it was a box office flop bett metler was as like quoted saying like "Whoa." oh um <laughs> And, it, yeah, it flopped at the box office, but now, almost 30 years later, it's this cult classic, especially for people around our age that grew up watching it on VHS and just loving it.
1: Well, thank goodness uh, it became a cult classic, because then we got the, we got to watch it every year, and then now we get Hocus Pocus too. If you have listened to the podcast before, we normally do a top song, top grossing film, and then some news of the time based upon when these Disney Channel original movies are released. But, again, seeing as this was released in September of 2022, doesn't really make much sense. So what we're going to do instead... We are going to talk about the top-grossing Halloween movies of all time in the honor in honor of Halloween. Nice. So.
0: Now, when you say Halloween, do you mean? Halloween or do you mean Michael Myers?
1: Not the not the franchise okay. Halloween okay. starring one Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis. But what, what is the definition of a Halloween movie?
2: Because like when people talk about Christmas movies, mm-hmm. they mean a lot of things. Obviously one of the most hotly debated topics is is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Which of yeah. course the answer is yes, but Um, You know, is a Halloween movie, I think a lot of people think of scary movies as Halloween movies. Is it a movie that takes place on Halloween, that features Halloween? How do do
1: they define a Halloween movie? Well, let me tell you, Max, this is an excellent question. This is Halloween as... Identified by Screen Rant or Box Office Mojo, and it's effectively right. just big not Halloween ad. hits. Yeah, not an ad. Yeah. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> Although, um, if you're available, Box <laughs> Office <laughs> hey, Mojo. Yeah. You, we are,
0: We're
2: listening, Screen <laughs> Rant.
1: <laughs> we, are, we are open for it. No, this is just sort of eclectic list of some of the narratives and genres of the season. I, I feel not like not
0: Halloween horror. can include all the above a little bit. Like I think Hocus Pocus is certainly a Halloween movie.
2: Well, it takes place, um, I mean, on it takes Halloween place on night. Halloween, you know, but I also
0: it. think a lot of people tend to watch horror movies around Halloween. And while some, mm-hmm. like obviously the Halloween franchise, are centered around the holiday, some are just scary movies, but I do think they kind of tangentially go together. Although I'm kind of talking myself out of that own my own argument because um like I wouldn't consider
2: Saw a Halloween film. Sure. But, but
0: it's certainly movie, a horror right?
2: film. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be interested to hear the list. I, let me give this example. Is <laughs> Mean Girls a Halloween movie?
1: I don't know, but I understand why it's being brought up in this in this moment. Right.
2: You, you get it right. Like it's a yeah. movie that features Halloween or obviously it's, it's just it. part of it. Or, or it's a holiday movie. It's a holiday. <laughs> <film>. <laughs> it's a holiday <laughs> film. It's a holiday classic for all. all a guys. heartwarming You know, classic. whichever holiday. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas. It, yeah. You know, you can start watching watching it in October and go all the way to December
1: with it. You yeah. Know? listen, speaking of nightmare before Christmas, according to box office mojo, that's number 10. Oh, Oh, starting at the bottom. Now we're here. Okay. I do not know if this is accounting for inflation in the numbers. Okay. Okay. Right. So it could be off. I'm sure that some of our intrepid listeners are going to be doing some calculations. Listen, we hear you. And I I would love to listen to your very detailed argument as to why this list is not the accurate list. However... I wouldn't Just for the record I
2: <laughs> I I I don't care That much Like I It's fun to like Hear the list And like Oh yeah, we're gonna, just Wow that. that's surprising But <laughs> like I just You know fun. if it's off By ten thousand dollars I don't I don't what, care what? Just to be clear At Allen Don't at me oh, I, No 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 At, yeah, Buff- don't, <laughs> don't don't at Wait a minute Yeah, yeah. yeah Only at, at Allen, Allen. At For the it. record <laughs> Just at Allen Molly and I don't want To listen to you We don't want to your nonsense
0: But also I do think That's interesting that Nightmare Before Christmas went on the list because that is another hotly contested is it Halloween or is it Christmas movie mm-hmm. and I believe the makers of the film said Halloween but people mm. love to say no it's Christmas and sure. I can understand why yeah. but that's interesting that it kicked off our list. Yeah. It's
1: just like Mean Girls.
0: In so many
1: ways. <laughs> they are identical films. Um, yeah Nightmare Before Christmas 1993 uh, grossed 91 million dollars. Okay. For Nightmare so, Before and, Christmas. and the 10 slot. In the nine slot, a movie that I have not seen, Paranorman, released in 2012, oh. grossed $107 million. Mm-hmm. Cartoon, right? Cartoon. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Animated feature. Either of you see Paranorman? No. No. no? Yeah. It's CGI, right? It's not cartoon. Is uh, it, yeah. it is. Oh, it's a, it's claymation. It's considered oh. claymation. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. It has that like Tim burton feel. Eight out of, uh, on the eight slot is Corpse Bride from 2005. It grossed $118 million. Actually, I saw that one. It wasn't a bad movie bunch of claymation on this yeah a lot of claymation big in the fans first of the claymation yeah. over at screen rant <laughs> that's right <laughs> the claymation uh in the seventh slot is monster house a 2006 film grossing 141 uh-huh. million
0: a lot of cartoons too
1: mm-hmm. it's oh it's an animated horror film so i guess this is when we start having the horror genre actually overlap with halloween in sure. these instances i think what i'm hearing so far
2: i'll be curious to hear the top half of this list but so far what i'm hearing is like Kids movies are themed around Halloween, but hmm. y- horror movies are horror movies. It's like, I'll see you at the top, like obviously Halloween is a Halloween movie right. because it's it's set on the day. But what, in the name? what I'm hearing is that like there's a lot of animated features that are like set on Halloween or it's a main feature. But then horror movies are more broad. They're probably mm-hmm.
0: also theatrically released around this time. All these sure kids movies
2: yeah probably have the entire family go and watch before them. you get into the like thanksgiving blockbuster season yeah
1: in the sixth slot goosebumps released in 2015 grossing 158 million dollars starring jack black loved books. Yeah, i remember that number five is the adams family the 1991 release grossing 191 a million god, god what movie. a good movie great a movie. classic yeah so good this is an adams family podcast now number four Sleepy Hollow, released in 1999, grossing $206 mm. million. Okay. Another movie by d- directed by Tim Burton. That's an adult. Yeah, I mean, you this isn't, isn't that, surprising. Isn't
0: that Johnny Depp? Isn't yeah. He
1: that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Ichabod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if it's a Tim Burton movie, Johnny Depp is going to be in it. That's true. Or in true. Satellite. That's like, true.
2: He shows up. Yeah, in most of them. It's, I
1: think, a solid 90%. And this is just me mm-hmm. taking a shot in the dark on that.
0: He's just at the set w- waiting and tim's <laughs> he was like, either
2: there or he's in the movie it's
0: tim's you know, like tim's like smart. i didn't i didn't cast you johnny and he's like it's fine i got yeah,
1: it yeah i'm <laughs> i have actually shown up i'm gonna be doing a great bit in this film i've actually cast myself in this part it's gonna be wonderful
0: do you know that he's from oklahoma what johnny depp is not he sounds from like
1: he's from oklahoma
0: okay he's from the middle of the country he's either from hmm. kansas or like oklahoma
1: interesting yeah. i am having to reevaluate a lot of things right now
0: yeah hello there friends Let's talk about the facts. Sliced bread was first manufactured by machine and sold in the 1920s by the Chillicothe Baking Company in Missouri. It takes 252 to 411 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. And Johnny Depp is actually from Kentucky. Not Kansas or Oklahoma or Great Britain. The more you know.
1: But we'll, I'll, I'll kind of over, put a pin in that for the number three slot, which is halloween the 2018 film
0: is that the first one that jamie lee curtis came back for
1: i believe that's, so
0: that's my if i'm putting this my timeline right well yeah it's the i mean there's been a million of been film, a lot
2: of reboots yeah so.
0: but i think that's the first one that she came back after doing like the early one
2: yeah there yeah. was a halloween that came out it had to have been like 2007 because I remember where I was when I saw it. So there was a reboot like mid 2000s as well. There's a, also one this year. Well, it'll be the another last one full of the reboot. No, it's, no, no, no. It's the finale. Or it's finale. a sequel of oh, the finale. Okay. So this is like the new. Yeah.
1: yeah the new. Wait, series. so this is
0: just a new version of the original?
1: No, no, no. So the, it continues. It is the same arc of story, but we're get, we're about to wrap it, right? Because isn't it like no, Jamie LeCourtis? This
0: 2018 one.
1: 2018? Uh, let's see.
2: I don't know if it's a full remake. In the mid 2000s, they did a, a Michael Myers, like Origin reboot. Like, because mm-hmm. I remember seeing it in theaters on mm. a date. Nice.
1: weird date. It feels like a weird date. Like a weird date? A, yeah. Good date movie, uh, the reboot of Halloween. Strange. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, number two is Scary Movie. The two thousands oh, grossing two hundred and uh, seventy million. That's ridiculous. I remember. That's funny. <laughs> like kind of a halfway crossover between like the just a horror parody. Love that. Before I say number one. Yeah. I want to hear both of your guesses as to what you think the number one grossing film of the Halloween season is of all time. Mean Girls. Nice. <laughs> you know what, Max? I'm f- I'm full sending it. I'm, I'm, I'm
2: here making the making the suggestion that it should be on the list and it should be number
1: one.
0: I appreciate that commitment <clears throat> you have. I don't think it's hocus pocus because we just talked about how that flopped. Maybe I'll say the OG Halloween, the
1: original Halloween, the, the '70s filmmakers? Halloween. That is a good movie. Uh, you are wrong, oh. both of you. It is gotta be. Casper the Friendly Ghost? That's the one, the 1995
0: release. Uh, uh, gu- gu- <laughs> ghost. With Devin Sawa and Christina Ricci? <laughs> the one and only. I loved that movie. I am shocked it's number 1, but <laughs> That's I pretty wild. loved that movie. That's
2: crazy, right? Can I it is. You? Again, it's interesting that like what is that 7 out of 10
1: are mm-hmm. primarily targeted at kids. And I guess that makes sense. Six out of ten, seven out of ten? Like, the horror genre, I guess, is considered pretty niche, or has been at least. I know that it's become more mainstream, but you've got kids' movies that are easily themed to Halloween, then you're going to get families going to the theaters, and that's wow. obviously bringing a lot of money. How
0: much did it gross, just out of curiosity? It was
1: like $298 million. Yeah, I mean, gross, made more. Probably. Well, if only it was a Halloween movie, as according to Box Office Mojo. Yeah. I
0: bet if we looked at horror movies, obviously the list would be very different.
1: Mean yeah, most- I, mean, Wait, I, mean,
2: I think I that's sort of my point, is that, like, I think that kid movies will be specific to Halloween because they release them, Molly, to your point, like, around this season. And it's like, oh, this is a thematic, spooky thing for us to do to celebrate Halloween. Whereas, like, horror movies, they, they'll they come out in October, but they're not specifically Halloween. So when you put this list together, they just don't put them on there.
0: I was surprised that it wasn't on the list.
2: Yeah. Or like scream, yeah. And I or... just
0: I just looked up it. It came out in September, but it doesn't necessarily. And it made a lot of money, but it doesn't.
2: Yeah, it's not Halloween. It's not, it's not Halloween specifically Halloween. Movie. Movie. It's just a and scary yeah. movie about a clown.
0: Scream. I just pulled it up. Came out in December. That's interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and it made one hundred seventy three million dollars. So these movies make a lot of money, but
1: mm-hmm. they're just not necessarily considered Halloween, right? Huh? Sort of interesting. interesting. Well, we've all learned something. But with that, are you guys ready to dive back into Salem, the world of Hocus Pocus 2? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. The scene opens with a raven.
0: Oh, my God. I get background vocals? Hell, yeah. Salem. 1653.
1: As a raven flies across the scene, setting the all-important scene as you are welcomed to old town salem
0: i actually already need to pause and back it up Let's very it. quickly i love it when disney movies change the castle in the opening oh scene. yeah oh and was they cool. did it they that made it spooky good. scary castle i love yeah. it when they do that
2: yeah that and good. i and and i mean i think it's it, this is a great opening for this sequel because it is a almost direct parallel To the opening of the original Hocus Pocus Obviously we've got the The raven flying This time around but you get the Shot over the trees The shot over the village Of Salem I immediately was like oh man I'm in Hocus Pocus Like it just it did a really good Job of sort of immediately dropping You Back into the world and giving you that like one to one pull of how these movies have both started. Now and I I really appreciate. It. I, I was like, that's cool. That's was, a cool way to like get back into it after thirty years. It's a good
1: direct callback, right? Like I think that's just the directors and and producers going, let's give the people what they want and show them exactly what it was like when they were nineteen ninety three and you were in Salem.
0: I made mental notes of a lot of callbacks, and so I'm yeah. going to be bringing them up throughout this. I'm sure you guys did too, but that was. I tend to go into these kind of movies with a, like, joy and uh, I, like, understand that it's not going to be that good, I think. Like, my bar is low. Like, I just want to see the characters come back and I want to, like, feel nostalgic. And so one of the things that I like about sequels are when they do callbacks and Easter eggs and things for you to kind of look for throughout it. So I made lots of mental notes and I'm excited to to share.
1: I think Hocus Pocus 2 knows what it is, right? I think that... All three of those main actresses know what this movie is, and it's a love letter to Pocus Pocus. And I think that's... that Fine, fine. That's what I want, right, going into it. I was like, great. Show me all the stuff that I want to see, which... And some things that I didn't know I wanted to see, which was the backstory for the Sanderson sisters. That I thought was very cool with this opening sequence back in 1653 about... Why the Sanderson sisters are are the way they are? How they became witches, and they sort of answer a lot of those lingering questions that we had from this from the first one. We're like, why are they witches to begin with? How did this happen? What's going on?
0: Do they answer why they became witches, or did they just confuse the hell out of me? You with tell me how them. magic works in this franchise. Yeah,
2: it doesn't make any sense. It, it
0: does not make any sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Young Sanderson Sisters, and I thought the casting was spot on but i have no idea how the fuck magic works in this universe
2: i think that my i i agree with you alan i think that the movie knows what it is and and there are some there are some bits that they go to that i think are very funny and i'm i'm excited to talk about them but one thing that i think i've seen a lot in more modern movies and and tv is when like every character needs to be quippy And like every character needs to be funny and like they all have to have like that kind of ridiculousness. I was a little disappointed with the people of Salem that weren't those three girls because I felt like in the original Hocus Pocus, you get this really cool dichotomy of like the Salem folk are like. Puritan, they are, you know, they burn the witches, very serious, very by the book. And now you've got. Like a woman, I mean, parts of it made me laugh, but the woman that comes out and like sees Winnie walk by, she's like, that's enough for me, and like walks back inside. I was like, girl, same. But also, like, is that really, that's Salem, right? Like, when they, you know, they're just so like quippy and over the top. And I'm like, yeah, that feels modern, but it doesn't feel like Salem. And I sort of like the dichotomy between the three girls who are, big and and extra and characters versus this backdrop of like a puritanical society that makes them sort of stand out as different and i just felt like all of these characters had to be funny and and extra and and especially the reverend you know like we're gonna get a lot of that you know what is important though i agree with you and first of all
0: did you guys know that tony hale played the reverend who's forky your favorite pixar character both of you great (laughs) great
1: Forky is trash.
0: I know how both of you feel about Forky, and I just was excited that he could join us for this film. Um, for the record, I like Forky. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting Incredible. that the Sanderson sisters invented Jello. They did. That was really neat.
1: <laughs> did you see it when they were like, this yeah. does wiggle. And like, She's blah, 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 blah. like, I
0: mixed this stuff together, and look, it wiggles so nice. And I was like, oh, they invented jello. How and nice. And then I put yeah.
1: blood in it because who doesn't love blood? By the way, they do a callback to uh, to Mary loving blood down the line, too. Like, they do three more callbacks to that from her childhood, which I thought was very, very well done.
0: Are we going to count this in
2: the single-parent counter?
1: There's no parent, Or the no-parent
0: counter. Yeah, this is a
2: no-parent counter. We don't ever see a parent, right? Yeah, they're they, they dead they, for show They for
0: specifically show. talk about the dad being dead, and I just assume the mom's dead, too, by the way that the townsfolk are, like, hauling off the
1: Sanderson sisters... <laughs> The main point they wanted to get across in this scene, because I hear what both of you are saying, right? They're trying to marry Winnie off. Winnie is not here for it. Frankly, neither is her suitor. And the solution to Winnie not wanting to get married is to kidnap her sisters.
0: <laughs> well, they're they're trying to take them to like a corrections
2: like Yeah. Right. What they're banishing. They're banishing Winnie because she's the problem. You know, they're establishing Winnie as the witch, which they will pay off a little bit later. I mean, we know Winifred is the main um, witch of the coven, but they're establishing Winnie as the the issue. And then they're like, well, these two are, are worth saving. Right. And so they're going to like bring conversion. them in and, and yeah, th- right. Conversion the therapy, basically. They're going to conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try to like save them probably through Jesus uh, and send Winnie out into the, you know, the Forbidden Wood or whatever. And of course, they all, they all run away together because of a spider.
1: That was wild to me. And it never paid off why the spider was such a big deal. Like, when he gets that spider as a he's birthday gift... just scared... Gift. He's well, scared yeah, they're spiders. They're just afraid of spiders. The eight legs of sin, right? <laughs> that did make me laugh. Eight legs I, of sin
0: made me laugh. But yeah, I'm with line. you, back, Why would the entire town freak out? I have no
2: clue. No clue. I mean, on some level, I'm like, it does seem puritanical to, like, overreact over some kind of imagery or some kind of symbology. I just... I think what I really felt was this is modern movie writing, except they've put in tis and thy rather than actually making it feel like these girls are different, right? Mm-hmm. They just wrote everybody the same and they inserted certain words to give it like, uh, and uh, like an old English feel. And then they like, let everybody have a modern feel to their dialogue where i would have preferred that there be a writing difference between the townspeople and the girls
0: the last thing i want to say before we get to the forbidden forest it thou hast thine important plot point there uh, you go. we right, you're
1: puritanical oh, wow, thank you
0: uh we meet billy We see Billy IRL, and that's another one of our callbacks. If you remember from the first one, that is the zombie who Winifred killed, and so does Mal shut because he was her boyfriend, and she caught him making out with Sarah. But we learn right here, right now, that they only kissed one time. And that is going to be a theme throughout this movie.
1: There's one more thing, and again, but let's get to the Forbidden Woods. This is one thing that I noticed very quickly about this film is that they hit you with plot just Like, you're just getting jabs of plot here. So you Mm. get into the Forbidden Wood, and then you have the matriarchal witch transform from the raven and try to eat Sarah. Neat. Two things. One, you hear come little children being
0: sung. So, like, it's luring them into the wood, which we know later Sarah lures people deep into the wood with that song. And two, one of the coolest callbacks that I saw on, on the Tic Tac is that uh, the witch's outfit, the matriarchal witch, it mirrors Danny, the little sister from the original's Halloween witch costume. And if you mm. look at them side by side, you can clearly
2: see that. So very that's cool. a cool callback
0: to the first very, one. Very, very
2: cool. I don't care that this character is in this movie, though. No. Like, I, to, Molly, to your point about like, how magic works, I think you could have written any way for magic to have come about. Who is this person? Like I, I Like, you introduce her for two minutes... She has the book when he gets the book she disappears we never see her again. Like I just is it worth this scene? Like she I, plot lines
0: What maps. I don't understand maybe you two understood it. They're not born witches they're witches cuz they have the book.
1: So my understanding and this is me trying to assign logic and magic rules to this is that the old older witch smelled Winnie and smelled that Winnie could be a witch because she had the power. Then she gave the book as a channeling vessel through which to channel the power. I'm equating this. Max, I'm going to go D&D on you. I'm equating it to sorcery in D&D. Sure. That's yeah. how I'm equating it.
2: Um, yeah, I think they were born, like, Winnie is born a witch. Okay. But the book is how she learns the spells, bu- right? Like The book is her wand? Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to Harry Potter. Yeah, this, yeah that'll do yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess, but also, like, she doesn't know spells without the book, right? Sure. It, think about, like, you're born a witch, but if you never go to Hogwarts, you won't know when guardian Leviosa, right? Like, you, the book is... Like, yeah, you could do it, but, like, you would never know what to say or how to flick the wand, right? The book has the info in it, but Winnie has the ability. She has the Mm
0: -hmm. magic. She innately—all three of them innately have the witch magic.
2: Yeah, but they—I mean, again, we're going to pay this off a little bit later, but, like, they don't really show that the other two do. Right. Right, Like, they're mostly showing that Winnie's got it and that one person of the coven, right, has— this power and that those are just her sisters.
1: Right. We, we get a lot of plot dropped on us here. Specifically one, the woods of the altar for witchy powers. Okay, great. Definitely going to be important later. Happy 16th birthday. Take this creepy eye book. Certainly nothing plot Well, because 16 is when your witch when powers, your witch powers
2: yep. reveal right. themselves or whatever. Yep. By When they said, uh, you're 16 now, I went, no shot. Yep. Now, that girl is pretty close. She's, She's 15. 15, but like they made her look very young in this movie. Like, she does not look anywhere near. Like, if you told me she was 12, I would have believed it. Like, they <laughs> really aged her down with
1: this, with the whole look. You get Eye Maxima. No plot there. Certainly not going to be the central plot driver. Uh, you get the matriarchal witch saying, A witch is nothing without her coven. Certainly no plot there. And then, after all of this, establishing key plot drivers we jump cut to the future salem today last well hold on we we have them set on fire right oh yeah right right we have we have them commit arson you're right
0: (laughs) well last thing i'll point out last little easter egg nugget when they open the book the first thing they open it to is the cat transformation spell yeah which is a fun callback to them obviously
2: banks Banks. zachary Zachary Binks. Zachary Binks. <laughs> yes, they set the Reverend's house on fire. They're really setting up the Reverend, right, as the as the antagonist of Salem, and they set his house on fire. To which he runs out, being like, "It's the spider,"
1: um, which is just you wow. know because the that eight makes legs sense. of sin. It's the second leg, the the leg of arson.
2: I also going through this, and they'll establish it in the movie later. But I was like, where are we in relation to the Salem scene we saw? at the beginning of hocus pocus it's 40 years so this scene with the girls is happening 40 years in salem prior to the hocus pocus opening scene in salem where thackeray gets turned into uh, a cat
0: cat's got my tongue that's what my favorite parts. listen to them not listen to them not <laughs> away beast yeah they're much more serious in the yeah. first one, it just
1: mm-hmm. those those few lines of dialogue are a lot better than the eight legs of
2: sin. Um, Although that is funny, and that and that <laughs> woman walking out and being like, "Nope, that's it for me." I, I mean, I laughed. <laughs> I just I just like the yeah. Anyway, I've said my piece. Right.
1: So we jump to the future. We are introduced to our new protagonists, led by sort of what we see clearly as the sort of main girl. So we've got our three main girls. We've got Becca. We've got. Uh, Izzy. Izzy? Izzy is the one that's
0: still friends with Becca, and then you quickly establish that they had a third best friend, Cassie, but Cassie has been hanging out with her boyfriend. They're at that awkward... We're going to learn that it's also Becca's 16th birthday. What a coincidence. Mm. Um, But they're at that awkward age where like some of your friends are still hanging out and doing the same things you did when you were younger. But then other of the friends are starting to be more interested in dating and, you know, growing up things. And you have that really awkward moment in time. I don't know if you guys ever had that with any of your friends, but there is like an awkward time frame, I feel like, in high school when this starts happening.
2: What's the classic trope of like you get a guy And so you stop hanging out with the friends or like You get a girl and you stop hanging out with the friends Too right like oh as soon as you've Got a boyfriend you no longer want to hang out with us. that's that's what I felt like yeah. yeah you're I mean I definitely there's that like Growing up piece as well but this is a really Classic trope in friend Groups where you have somebody that Gets a significant other and suddenly they Are not hanging out with the friend group anymore
0: Yeah I mm-hmm. guess what I mean by growing up is like Drinking is the first that like part
2: Oh sure That sure, kind, sure, like sure. you
0: you like it establishes too very quickly that the three of them growing up were like a little bit quirky a little bit off they were very into witches and halloween and all these things so they were kind of weird and then cassie starts dating a football player or an athlete and now she's kind of accepted into the popular crowd yeah and so there's like okay now she wants to throw a party at her house that while her dad's not there and like that's kind of what i mean by like grown up yeah yeah, yeah.
1: we also get like a couple of tropes introduced right so we have that that Youth and the divergence of the friend group because of uh, a significant other. We get introduced to the dumb jock, who is the boyfriend. Dumb jock trope right off the bat. He's and sort then, of a lovable dumb jock. Yeah, he, he really is, is, I,
2: I like him. He's dumb. He's dumb as hell, but he made me <laughs> laugh a couple times. I he, liked him. He
1: also is like, I found myself getting very endeared to this dumb jock. Because yeah. When they point out him, like his assholery, he's like, wait, what? I didn't. Yeah. I'm having to reassess so much. I do yeah. like that,
0: that he is the 2022 version of the dumb jock where like yeah. normally the dumb jock is just an asshole. And he, yeah, they do endear you to him a little bit, yeah. which is nice.
1: Great writing for him. Just, I think, good writing for the dumb jock trope. We also are introduced to the fact that the girls are a little quirky, most specifically Becca, because we get to their science class and she pulls out a rock and she's like, hey, I've got this rock for luck because, you know what? I just have this feeling deep down in my bones that this teacher is going to be giving us a pop quiz today. Sure enough. We
2: also, in this introduction, this is sort of fun. It's been going on around on social media. I'm going to add to it just a little bit though. Mm -hmm. They do some fun, subtle, like foreshadowing in this opening because there's a moment where the three girls all kind of line up together, um, walking through the like campus of the school. It's Izzy and then Becca and then Cassie and they're, each wearing subtly in their outfit a color of one of the sisters Becca's wearing green, Izzy is wearing a a little bit of maroon, Cassie's wearing a little bit of pink. Also, their hairstyles are pretty similar as well. Uh, Izzy's got like a pony that she's got pulled back a little bit, Uh, Cassie's is straight, and Becca's is like up and very curly, and so there's a lot of parallels between our girls. It's subtle. They don't hit you over the head with it. Becca's not redhead, you know, but like they've... Drawn a lot of parallels to our new protagonists and the Sanderson sisters. Mm
0: -hmm. And they're going to make it even bigger. And we're going to get into it, obviously. But their personalities also kind of mirror the Sanderson sisters. Mm -hmm. Because Cassie is supposed to be Sarah. Sarah's the boy crazy of the Sanderson sisters. So, of course, Cassie's the one that's left the group for a boyfriend. Izzy's kind of like the quirky sidekick. And then Becca is your in-charge witch like the head of the coven so the boss witch yeah she's the boss witch so i th- i thought that was really well done
1: R- regardless of how we think the movie goes the subtle references the foreshadowing the parallels that's just good writing they did a really good job there the crux of all this scene is intended to be we have becca and mike get in trouble over a a verbal spat about the pop quiz and becca just muttering bean names
0: (laughs) well okay what happens is that Becca and Izzy are talking about how it's uh, Becca's 16th birthday and they're going to do their traditional birthday tradition because her birthday's on Halloween so they're going to do the tradition where they go out into the woods and they light a candle and they do like a witch ritual which is something they've done since they were much much younger and there's kind of a back and forth if they're going to invite Cassie or not and then it turns out Cassie has not invited them to a Halloween party she's throwing at her house while her dad's not there so you kind of have this tension building between the three girls and then you're right there's like this pop quiz and uh mike the dumb jock has made fun of the girls for being witches and so to get back at him becca starts muttering words
1: she's muttering (laughs) names of beans
0: and and other like vegan food and Mm -hmm. he thinks she's like cursing him but it's really funny like she's literally like garbanzo
1: (laughs) <laughs> the scene ends with they them all kind of having their punishments meted. They leave school and they are you're introduced to the massive Halloween festival that they're going to have in Salem at Salem. Obviously they're gonna have a Halloween festival, right? Just real quick, this is a
2: throwaway, but I can't I can't have us miss the introduction of Glenn who is a high school kid <laughs> that they just reference for a, a friggin' moment. And then he gets one line later and they cut to a kid in a full vampire outfit. <laughs> no one else is dressed up even a little bit. They're all very casually high school dressed. And they're like, well, what about Glenn? And they cut over to a kid in full vampire. That's just like, what? And then like a scene where they're like, well, Glenn is a great dancer. And I'm like, I need to know more about Glenn.
0: (laughs) Tell me everything. Let's do Hocus Pocus 3, but it's all about Glenn.
2: I need Glenn's story because he is probably the best character in this movie. (laughs) And we only got that he dressed up in a full vampire outfit. And then that he is a great dancer. So I need everything about Glenn I can get.
0: And they use Glenn to establish just really how Outcast becca and izzy are because even glenn's going to the party
1: <laughs> honestly yeah. hocus pocus one and a half the story of glenn i yes, we need.
2: Need, we need glenn's it. pov through this whole experience <laughs> and i hope he's dressed as a vampire the whole time i
0: hope that's not just a halloween thing i hope he yeah, always dresses like as a the vampire. <laughs>
2: Um, Halloween comes around and they're like, Glenn, you dressed up. And he's like, What are you talking about? What do you
1: mean? Yeah, he looks the uh, same every day. (laughs) I just want Uh, the opening shot to be him opening up his closet, just be a fuckload of vampire (laughs) outfits. Black
0: capes.
2: He's got like 15. I'm in love with Glenn. I, like, I'm like. i actually so disappointed that it literally was one camera cut and then a line in a later scene where they're like, he's such a good dancer because immediately I'm like, who is that? Tell me more. Like, I have to know about this kid that showed up full vampire like I am Dracula sitting in science class like what? I'm, I didn't do nothing to nobody.
0: He's just, he's just trying to party.
2: Yeah. And he's going to at Cassie's.
0: Where they are not invited. <laughs> Fuck right. you too. Glenn is coming though.
1: Yeah. Well he's such a good dancer. We love Glenn. So we get introduced to Halloween uh festival. We are introduced to the Mayor.
0: Who's also played by Tony Hale.
1: Wow. Ryan. Yeah. Wow. The, the double actor uh lineup here. Yeah, Mayor Trask. Um, who which is whoa the same name as the preacher from Salem all those years ago. He's his descendant. Also I bet the, that will come in handy. The same guy. By the way, the mayor is a lot. The mayor is just a I, lot.
2: I kind of love him. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I want Hocus Pocus three. Glenn and Glenn and the mayor. Glenn and the mayor. <laughs> like a buddy a buddy, a buddy, a buddy cop I, version of Hocus Pocus.
0: I hope, that, <laughs> I hope that Glenn is the mayor's intern
2: at. City hall. And he dresses like Dracula every day. And the
0: mayor loves it because he's the mayor of Salem, so he loves it. Oh, Oh. it's so good that you're always a vampire, Glenn. Wait, what if Glenn isn't always a vampire? What if it's a different costume every day, but it's never Halloween? Or it's only one time a year Halloween, and every day Glenn. It's like, what's Glenn going to be today? Cowboy. Good for you. Oh, Glenn.
2: This is turning into a sitcom.
0: All right. Well, we meet Mayor Trask and he is still like, hey, girls, like all super nice to Becca and Izzy. And it's awkward because it's like their childhood best friend's dad who they grew up with. And I remember this happening. I went to the same very small private school for all 13 years of kindergarten through senior year. And it's like you you knew everybody in your school and everybody's parents. And it's like to this day, my mom is friends with parents uh, of stu- fellow students and I don't talk to those people at all and yeah. like my mom will be like oh so and so is having a baby and I'm like okay like I, I literally don't care and she yeah. but she's like still very close with their moms but I love that Mayor Trask has one thing on his mind and it's, it's a,
1: Sandy's it's candy, a candy Sandy's apple. Sandy's candy
0: Fucking apples, apple. and I get it because I love a candy
1: apple. Well, ever since she went on Good Morning America, like she's just she's been so <laughs> holy that he doesn't
2: know what GMA is. It's no concept. She like,
1: went on GMA.
2: For, it's something fancy. I don't know what. It's not like it's a major show that's been on for literally decades. Well, you know, um, you I. He takes you on an emotional roller coaster in this, like, mono. It's not monologue, but like the way he they say something totally uh, mundane about Cassie, and he like goes on a laughing fit about it.
1: (laughs) 10 is a funny number. 10 is a funny number. But then,
2: but then when he gets the damn candy apple, he's like, You have not lived. And I thought he was going to cry. And it was like, (laughs) he's the the sincerity that he expresses until you have had Sandy's candy apple. It's so good.
0: Mayor Trask is one of those people that I naturally want to hate because I don't trust people that are that happy. I don't trust people that are that over the top bubbly without a little bit of snark because i assume they're fake as hell. So yeah. like i'm always got my guard up when you meet people and they're just like oh hip, 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 and i'm like oh, okay
2: okay. Andy's a politician. Yeah, mm. Andy's a politician, but damn if i don't love Mayor Trask. I know. I immediately like by the end of that scene i was a fan of Mayor Trask. Like, literally, he goes from, like, high-pitched giggles about ten flashlights to the (laughs) most sincere delivery of his, uh, you know, overabundance of love for candy apples. And I was like, I'm in. Like, this guy has won me over. I
1: love him. So we we get that entire scene is to set up that we have the Halloween festival coming. So we have Becca and Izzy go over to the Sanderson sisters' old home, what is currently... The residence of Gilbert the Great, a magician salesman. Mm, right? And another Gilbert. And another I, ha- I Gilbert. have two
0: things to say. One, Gilbert.
1: I'm sorry. Who's that in reference to? Gilbert the Great, the magician. Yeah, he's great. Gilbert? He's, great Alan, he's- Alan is not this Gilbert.
2: I'm going to no, be very no, clear. He's not. Because obviously Alan would never trick someone into lighting a black flame candle because Alan's the best of us and our moral center.
0: I also think if we're going to put ourselves into this uh, film, the obvious question is, which
2: Sanderson sister are we? Or which of the new three girls might we be?
0: I like the classics, but I agree. That's... <laughs> well, okay. I'm just saying, would you rather be one of these newbies or would you rather be freaking Bette Mittler? Fun you know fact, what?
1: the originals are dead, so I'd rather be the ones that are alive, Well, We'll actually. get to them.
0: We'll get to them. But second of all, why is the house in the town now?
1: I didn't, that didn't make any sense to me
2: either. I was like, this thing was in the middle of nowhere. Like, it was in the woods.
1: Why is this now part of Salem? I don't understand. We just had a historic relocation, and that only involved one house, and it was the Sanders and sisters, and now it's here.
0: That thing would fall apart if they legitimately tried to move it from the woods to downtown. So that Mm -hmm. made literally no sense
1: doesn't make any sense at all but for plot reasons it has to be close because we have to keep all the set locations close together while in gilbert the great's shop i.e the sanderson sister home we are introduced to the plot of hocus pocus one the 1993 classic
0: i'm gonna put a pin in this because i had a lot of questions and they're only gonna get magnified as this film goes on so in this universe Hocus pocus
2: exists. As a movie. I know. I saw the same. I was like, the movie Hocus Pocus is canonical in this universe? That's what I was it.
0: I have said, okay, let's just talk about it right now. Later, you're gonna see people watching a movie in their home and the movie is Hocus Pocus, the 1993 film. Now, is that a documentary about what happened in Salem? Because we're also going to establish that everybody in the plot knows what happened in Salem at 29 years ago. That's what Gilbert's talking about. Mm-hmm. He's explaining the story. One fateful day, 1993, like somebody lit the candle. But he tells the story of Hocus Pocus and you're like, okay, this is a sequel. That that makes sense. But later you literally see people watching Hocus Hocus Pocus, and I don't understand.
2: I'm not convinced that everyone knows about it, though, because Gilbert is like, some say they saw them flying across the moon. And, like, you later find out Gilbert saw them flying, right? And so it sounds like he's telling his own story. There's never a mention of any of the people that, like, took part in the 90s Hocus Pocus. Like, you never... We see a scene from it a little bit. It's very confusing where the 90s story plays into the new story and, like, why okay. that was 29 years ago. Like, those okay. that family's st- probably still in Salem. I'll, <laughs> I'll
0: buy that people don't know what happened. How does the movie exist? Starring oh, the same people as the actual witches. How is Sarah Jessica Parker? in the movie, and in the movie. You know what I I mean? Well, I
2: mean, they just did a throwaway gag, which is fine. But I had the same exact thought. I was like, did they just make the film canonical?
1: So, interestingly enough, this is a trivia from, uh, from Hocus Pocus, the original. Sarah Jessica Parker apparently did some research into, like, the Salem Witch Trials when she was going to play the role of Sarah in Hocus Pocus and found that, like, in her lineage, there was a woman who was tried as a witch in her lineage. Like, years ago, years, years, years back. And I, I, could find the, I can find the exact line, but I was looking through trivia from Hocus Pocus, the original, and I was like, no, she's just playing herself. Is Sarah Jessica Parker playing herself? She's the reverend. She is the reverend. We all the reverend. Day. That is interesting,
0: but that does not help me understand how Hocus Pocus exists, both in the universe and in front of my eyes.
2: I was a little disappointed, maybe. They did a lot of callbacks, obviously, mm-hmm. but they didn't do much. Your main, your main cast outside of the Sanderson sisters did not get a ton of love. Like there was very little love for like Max or Danny or like the, you know, you didn't get Allison any, and
0: her Yabos. Yeah.
2: You didn't, <laughs> oh, you didn't get Allison or the Yabos. <laughs> Ice. You know, you didn't get like <laughs> very, very little except for the, except for the sisters got paid off from the nineties I, one.
0: I, I was waiting for a Thora Birch cameo, if I'm being honest. I was waiting for that.
2: I 100% agree, Molly. I I was looking for a cameo as well. And I think, you know, the other thing that I, listen, I I understand. Movies got to be made the way they do. It kind of bums me out that none of the set locations were the same. Like, it was all filmed in Rhode Island instead of Salem. Like, they didn't use even footage of any of the places we know as Salem. We didn't see like any of the houses, the school, like, man, I, I, they did a lot of good in terms of like callbacks, but it just didn't look like hocus pocus. Like it, it looked different. And I, I wanted really badly to see some of those classic iconic, like Max and Danny's house is so iconic. It's like, even if you just did a quick, like, I don't know, pan over of Salem and showed it, I would be good because we'd all see it and we'd all notice it. But I don't know. I I was a little sad watching it that I was like, this is so clearly a different place. And um, obviously I get like productions production, but I, I, I yearned for not just people, but also setting.
0: One thing that is the same though, is that they keep saying the word virgin a lot.
2: They Which sure do.
0: I, yeah. as a child, didn't know what that meant, obviously. And I, I thought it was very funny that the little kid watching Gilbert's presentation says, what's a virgin? And all the adults kind of look at each other. And I think his answer is like somebody that hasn't lit a candle yet. Mm. But it, that did make me laugh. And it made me realize how often I was saying the word virgin as a young child watching this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. it, it is a not a not a small amount. Uh, We also get a black cat introduction, which is sort of a a nod to Thackeray Binks in the past, which I thought was neat. And it's Gilbert's cat.
2: Yeah, they don't pay that off at all. I was very frustrated by that cat throughout this movie, too. I was Uh, like, stop, stop teasing something that it's not like stop alluding to Thackeray Binks when we know what happened to Thackeray Binks. That
1: ain't it. Like, I, I mean, he ain't the cat. Uh, we get to see Book locked up between about four different layers of security. New Book, newly animated Book, The Eye, significantly creepier. It is, it is a real eye. Just, listen, we've made a lot of progress in animation, and boy, do they pay it off on Book's Eye. We yeah. also get some plot leaves. We do get plot leaves. We also get a chode-looking black flame candle. It is it, it is a just a thick, thick boy. I mean I thought it, but good lord. Yeah,
0: and they, yeah, they're gonna take the thick boy to the woods and light it for Becca's birthday. Yeah, they
2: don't know it's a black flame candle. They just think
0: it's a candle.
2: He just gives her a candle and says, I charged it with bullshit magic. Um, because he looks like a bullshit magician. And so he's (laughs) like, he's like, here's a bullshit candle for your bullshit ritual because I'm a bullshit magician. And then they take it to the forbidden woods to do a yearly tradition that just so happens to be falling on the 16th birthday
1: with a full ass moon in the background. Did you guys notice that they have big moon? Izzy and Becca seated across from each other and they're about to do their They light the, light the candle get it set it sparks like a crazy uh sparkler from halloween and then silhouette like they are silhouetted by this massive moon in the back i'm like oh look all the plot things are lining up we got plot
0: candle we got plot birthday we got plot holiday and we got plot moon there's a lot It they're setting the scene and plot virgin and plot, plot virgin, virgin. <laughs> they're setting the scene because what happens when that candle's lit
1: L- okay I do want to talk about it, because the Sanderson sisters, spoiler alert, but I come back. But what this is the implication that they set here with the ground splitting open, with orange and red light, I assume, steaming from the crevices of the ground. Weirdly, it was yellow and green, but uh, no, of course, it it looks like it came from hell. Yeah, they are coming from hell. Like, that is the implication. Like, welcome back from hell.
0: They love hell. They say that in the first one. Mm -hmm. Go to hell. I've been loved before. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Found
1: it quite lovely. And they they are introduced with lock up your children as they enter once more. I'm going to say it right here.
0: You hated it? I hate it. What do you hate?
2: I hate that it opens on a musical number.
0: I oh, I love it. I, want, I want them to... I wish they were singing the entire time. I don't
2: like <laughs> any of the musical numbers in this movie. Not one of them.
0: I like them all, though I wish all of them were I put a spell on you. But I liked the musical number.
2: Yeah, I didn't like any of them.
0: <laughs> I, okay, we can set aside our differences on <laughs> the musical numbers, but I gotta say it, they look fabulous. They look freaking yeah, yeah. great. They the costumes look great the hair the makeup i think they all look amazing and one detail i have to point out in how they look is that mary is holding her mouth on the opposite side because you know how she kind of does the mouth thing Mm -hmm. she for the majority of the movie holds it on the opposite side of the original movie and it's because the actress couldn't do it anymore on the on the same side So to make it make sense in the plot, this is very subtle. I saw this on the internet. In the musical number, Winnie slaps Mary and it switches which side her mouth goes from. And then for the rest of the movie, she has it on the opposite side.
2: Oh,
1: that is clever.
0: Yeah, it was very clever. Um, But Kathy and Johnny just said, like, "I, I can't do it. I can't hold it and talk like that anymore. It's been 30 years so again,
1: as you both mentioned we come in on a musical number and listen, I think the that is fan service right you're getting you're getting way. a musical number because people love that put a spell on you so they're going to try to replicate that but you're gonna get you're gonna get the parallel later for that. I, I really don't see the point of this. I mean
2: it's it's a fine song. I just personally to me it felt very random. I knew we were gonna get and I, I get I put a spell on you. Parallel. Of course, obviously it's going to happen. And we get one later. I just don't know why they entered on a musical number. It doesn't make any sense to me. It felt really random and out of place. Um, so it's a fine song. I just don't, I knew we were going to get a stage song later. I was ready for that. This, they didn't enter on a musical number in hocus pocus. So like they, you know, <laughs> it just, it just felt random is all.
1: We also, and, and I think it's funny that you say that Max, because we had our, our two we had Beck, and Izzy like? Who are they singing to anyway? Yeah. Like they that, literally acknowledge funny. it to each other. Like who are
0: they? singing But then they go you, and they you. show up right there. It's like they, oh, that happens. A jump scare, a jump scare.
1: Yeah, the jump yeah. scare of the Sanderson sisters like popping up and like where are you going? Like that, I, that happens a lot.
0: I love that in the next few lines. Like I actually watched this twice. I watched it the weekend came out. At friends for a watch party and then i re-watched it with like a more focused eye and i picked up more things watching it the second time like more callbacks because as the witches are kind of talking they mention like the last halloween they were around and they're like okay boys in cages and that tricky sunset and they like mention plot points in yeah. the first one which again great callbacks
1: we have the first interaction between the Sanderson sisters beck and izzy and you have beckon as you try to convince them at this point, they're like, we're not teenagers. We're 40. And the reaction from the Sanders and sisters to girls thing, Oh, that that was 40. Oh, oh." just like this, a lot of just chagrin and disgust at somebody being 40, which I think is hilarious from, from these witches. Um, and thou dost worship us is, is another just great delivery from Winifred Sanderson.
0: And if you watch Mary in the back, she's going, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? I know it's me. I know it's me.
1: (laughs) It Just, again, I think the dynamic of the Sanderson sisters is great, and I think it's just really funny in this instance.
0: Okay, I gotta ask, who are we? If we're the OG Sanderson sisters, line it up.
2: Am I Mary? I just think I'm often off-kilter a little bit. (laughs) Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? It's me. Like, if somebody was gonna bark like a dog... (laughs) It's probably
0: true. It's probably 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 true. I see arguments for both Alan and I being Winnie, but I see a stronger argument for me being Sarah than Alan, which makes me think Alan is Winnie and I'm Sarah and you're Mary. And I say that because Winnie is often trying to keep the other two in line.
2: Yeah. And she's that, also the main character. And, you know, we, 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 oh, we God. accept, that Alan, we accept that Alan is the best of us. We accept that Alan is the best of us. But so. yeah, like, like, no.
0: Sarah is often, like, kind of bouncing around and, like, distracted yeah. and being silly and goofy and girly and, like, amok, amok, amok. Yeah. Amok, amok, amok. Like, she's just kind of, yeah. I, I have that vibe sometimes. I feel like I'm winny sometimes with, like, work things. Like, sure. I just, like, get it done and, and short. But I think in general, I think that's how I'd line it up.
2: This one's not as one to one, I would say, as a lot of these trios are for us, because um, they don't necessarily fall into that different of archetypes. Right. They have slightly different personalities, but it's not like a Luke, Han and Leia scenario. There's where nobody like, with a moral compass who, right? Would be- they are they are all sort of in the same, you know, grouping and and very similar in terms of motivation. So. It's not as one to one, but I I can agree with that. Yeah. And
0: I I do like that. You know, I Sarah was always my favorite growing up. I've always been a fan of Sarah Jessica Parker, who famously is Carrie Bradshaw in Sex in the City. Uh, oh, you, oh, Jesus. You,
2: you oh, may God. know. I actually... Uh, it only takes like one mention and then uh, I figure <laughs> out
1: what's going on.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was an episode of Sex in the City where Vince Vaughn guest stars. You know, if I had to starred. go to the bathroom,
1: this would be the time to go. No,
0: no, this Ooh. is a good one. Uh, Vince Vaughn guest stars in a couple episodes of Sex in the City when the the quad go out to L.A. Uh, Vince Vaughn is also famously in one of my favorite comedies, Wedding Crashers, alongside Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is, of course, an Armageddon. Also in Armageddon, Jason Isaacs, who famously plays Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. One of my favorite characters in the Harry Potter series alongside Jason Isaacs. Dame Maggie Smith plays Professor Minerva McGonagall. And Dame Maggie Smith also plays in one of my favorite films from the 90s, The First Wives Club, alongside both Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker.
2: Well, there you go. We made it.
0: And... (sighs) This is the first time I didn't have to look anything up. I did that. Oh,
2: one. you just knew it. Nice. All out of my
0: noggin. That's pretty
2: good. Nice. I good
0: wanted job. to get to First Wives Club because I fucking love that movie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I know every episode of Sex and the City inside and out. Let me think who guest starred on it. And then it just went yeah, yeah, from yeah. there. You've been Armageddon. The part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decalm can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. Good stuff. Nice. Well done. Thank you.
1: Well done. I'm really
0: proud of myself for that one.
1: You know what else was well done? These, uh, these two girls diverting the attention away from them as, you know, teenagers and bringing the Sanderson sisters to the main town of Salem to the beautiful apothecary known as Walgreens. Walgreens. How yeah. much
0: do you think Walgreens paid to be the apothecary? Oh, ridiculous I thing. always no. think about that when I watch movies and there's like very clear ad placement. I always think how much they were like, was there a baiting war between CVS and Walgreens?
2: Yeah. It's so funny you say that, Molly, because I really wanted some product placement in this next scene. Um, as Becca has told the Sanderson sisters, listen, you don't need you don't need to eat children. You don't need to drink souls. I got great news for you. They put them souls in lotion. They already prepackaged that for you it's anti-aging and you're going to be good to go. And all the Samson sisters are checking out all the lotions and, uh, you know, enjoying them for all of the souls of dead children that are in them. And I wanted, I would kill if it was like, well, which one's the best one? Well, Avino, now with more dead kid souls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, a, a Vino. I know. <laughs> uh... now featuring more dead children. Like, <laughs> obviously, the implication of the product placement is no good, but I it would be bold if some lotion company had <laughs> been like, feature uh... me, put me in there, and maybe <laughs> vague. Imply that we got dead kids in our lotion like, because I'm in. <laughs> like I mean, Clearasil. I
0: use a I use a primer called Baby Face. It's it, it makes so much Hello.
2: sense. Hello, yeah. Well, like when uh, when Mary picks up the face mask and it's like newborn children, and then oh. eats it because that made me actually cringe in my seat.
0: <laughs> I gotta say though, I love the trope. That we get to see a few times. I love the trope of someone from another time coming into modern times and seeing oh, yeah. technology. I think it is so funny and you can do so much with it, so and
2: they do they and, they use it throughout and they do it really well. They they really nail it. I, I think
0: I love that they believe she really is a witch because the door opens for her. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they. It says anti aging or like more youthful glow. So they're literally like drinking lotion yeah. and makeup remover and all these things. The
2: the phone filter, right? They get that mm-hmm. selfie taken and it's got like a, a Snapchat or an Instagram filter on it, and they're like, "We look amazing." <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: so good it's so good they keep again they keep playing it up and they keep doing it but uh, it's I love that trope and I'm glad they did it multiple times
2: well what am I
0: retinol Uh, what a lovely lovely name (laughs) oh and they go wait what's the line where oh (laughs) fluorescent I think I I knew knew her her.
2: (laughs) 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 I know there's some really good parts in this Walgreens bit and and one of my favorites that is going to continue to pay off in such a clever way soon is when they leave Walgreens. Oh yeah, because uh, they figure out um, that Becca and Izzy are lying. Becca and Izzy use salt to uh, repel them for a moment and then run away. And uh, the Sanderson sisters have to uh, go after them. Of course, they need something to ride. Of Mm -hmm. course, Winnie gets the only broom, just like in Hocus Pocus 1. Of course, Mary and Sarah need something weird to ride on. Famously, uh, there's a vacuum cleaner in the first Hocus Pocus and a mop. This time, it is a Swiffer wet jet. (laughs) And... Roombas, I'm which curious. I was so delighted by. <laughs> oh, I goodness. loved that they use Roombas. It's
0: the 2022 version of right. a mop and a vacuum. 100%. And I, I knew they would do that joke. Like, how could they not do that joke where they ride something weird? And I thought Swiffer... No part of me guessed Roomba, and I, like you, was tickled by the fact that she's riding two Roombas through the sky. And I think the
2: payoff of the Roomba waiter that we'll get to is maybe the most clever part of this whole movie. Like, they set up this Roomba bit for the next 30 minutes, and it pays off, and I was so delighted by the way they pay off the Roombas in about half an hour. It's It's so... Mm, it's so good. I'm really, really delighted by it in just a bit. So, yeah, they fly away. Winnie's got a broom. Sarah's got a Swiffer wet jet. Again, how much did they pay? You know, and then uh, <laughs> and, then and uh, Mary's got, she's riding on Roombas like they are, uh, like, you know, those weird YouTube videos you get of strange jetpack prototypes yeah. where they're, like, <laughs> trying to balance on the platform. It's basically the same thing.
1: So we, as they fly off, we get Becca and Izzy running back to Gilbert because they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on and why the Sanderson sisters are back. And this is when Gilbert is being shady as hell. And effectively, Gilbert's like, yeah, I, I, you are a virgin, you lit the candle. The Sanderson, said, they're back, you met them? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, he gets Book out because Book is awake. And this leads to probably one of my favorite interactions of this movie. Becca looks at Gilbert and goes, well, why didn't you light the candle? And Gilbert looks at her and kind of like tilts his head. And I said out loud, "Gilbert fucks." Like, yeah, <laughs>
2: Gilbert yeah. You know, fucks. it's
1: so funny. I um, I often get
2: alternate versions of scripts, and <laughs> and uh, this sort of, you know, it's just sort of a weird decomp thing. And my script, it's weird that they edited this. It must have just, I don't know, they needed it for time. My script, um. Gilbert says, I couldn't have lit the candle myself. And Becca says, why not? And he says, because I lay pipe. I don't know <laughs> if that, I don't I, That's just what my script says. I don't know if that if that's, like I said, edited for uh, time, but he said something about being a plumber, which I thought was kind of strange. Says, I thought Chris Pratt was in the Mario movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: nice. But bro. the important part besides the fact that Gilbert is down to clown is that (laughs) is that Gilbert was there 29 years ago he was he he was having a bad night because some teenage boy stole his candy which I have to assume is a reference back to ice yeah um and he is then in the graveyard like he sees the witches flying and he follows them to the graveyard and he sees from the side the whole graveyard scene of the original one play out and apparently, off camera, he goes and gets Book, and Book is still awake, and Book teaches him how to make a real black flame candle.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and he does a passable job at it. And he
0: does a does a job at it. I don't understand why he waited 29 years for it. I guess he had to wait for Becca to turn
1: 16. Is I, that, I, I, I couldn't it have been anyone? Couldn't it have been anyone. It, it, there really is no reason other than, like... Couldn't he have done years. it? He, yeah.
2: Like, I understand he's a plumber now, <laughs> but he hasn't always been a plumber. You know what I mean? Like, unless he had already laid pipe 29 years ago. Oh, no. In which that would have been very early. Um, <laughs> plumber school
0: usually takes a longer time. It than takes that. a while
2: there to get through plumbing. Most people aren't
0: plumbers till 15,
1: 16, Yeah, 15 at least high school. Adult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah conceivably he could have done it he just didn't maybe it took him a while to make the candle maybe he didn't make it as a, they don't. As a youth. It's true. They don't actually
2: say like how, when he made the black flame candle That's because true. conceivably it sounds like I went and got book and I just made the candle. Right. But it could have been like I went and got book and then over the last twenty five years I made a candle. Well,
0: Right. It could take. It could be a process to make that. Candle. Yeah. We don't know the yeah. book. We don't, we don't know, know the, the recipe.
1: What we do know is the Sanderson sisters arrive back at their house, and this is when we get an interaction with the the entire grouping again plus Gilbert. Um, The sisters push Becca and Izzy down the stairs. Definitely would have broken something on that fall. Just want to call that out immediately. That could have been a grave injury. Uh, They're trapped in the cellar. Gilbert and the Sanderson sisters have an interaction, and they have this sort of debate over, are we going to make the sort of soul-stealing child spell again? And when he says absolutely not we don't fuck with that anymore we are not going to do that we are going to do the magic maxima because we mentioned it at the start of the movie and that is why we mentioned it to pay off right now we're going to do that spell because we don't listen if we do that spell we're going to be all powerful we don't need anything else and you know who's going to help us get the ingredients you gilbert you're going to do it you're going to go get it and you know why because if you don't you're dead which yeah, is we'll very
0: dark we'll murder you A quick throwback I want to point out is that Sarah immediately starts looking for her rat tail,
1: which Mm -hmm. Mm. throwback.
0: My lucky rat tail. My rat
1: tails are gone. Yeah, that was Sarah. That's long gone. I'm sorry. Sorry, honey. They lost it
0: when they moved your house 20 miles. Uh, But lucky for Becca and Izzy. Well, first they try and call Cassie. Um, and cassie they have no service down in the cellar because it's a magic cellar when he put a spell on it
2: i i interpreted that a little bit differently not that they didn't have service but that the curse was blocking the view Uh, because on their phone you could see their image you're right
0: you're right but cassie thinks it's a butt dial right cassie thinks it's a pocket dial so they're like oh shit we're locked down here we can't get out um, but luckily, we have these plot leaves that Gilbert gave us earlier.
1: <laughs> I, I do want to call out. We mentioned it earlier. It is at this moment when we get the Glenn payoff because he is crushing it on the dance floor.
0: Oh, mm. at the party!
1: At the party when they call in, you like they make it a point as you see Cassie sort of panning on her side of the call across the across the party. You just see Glenn in the back just slaying. Nice. the dance floor we love glenn we do love glenn so we have to do a glenn shout out thank you glenn all right anyway back to your regularly scheduled plot leaves
0: uh plot leaves izzy's like oh maybe we can do some magic with them and she starts like waving her hand around them and then she's like come on becca i need your help and we should both chant and magically when becca joins in waving her hand and chanting get us out of the cellar magic happens.
1: mm-hmm Mm-hmm. and the latter appears they escape from the cellar and they are out and about back in Salem attempting to thwart the Sanderson sisters but we don't focus on them we cut to Gilbert because Gilbert immediately has to go and start looking for all of the different ingredients to help with the magic Maximus spell one of which is the head of a lover so we're getting Billy Butcherson back in the house hell right yeah now. we are who has much more of a dynamic speaking role this time? Which I, I believe was a big it's the same of. guy, though. No,
2: it is. It, it is. 100% <laughs> is. Yeah. In the same costume, by the way. Uh, they he uh, he. I saw a short interview where he was like, Yeah, they pulled it off the mannequin and put it on. It's the same thing. Like, That's I will nice. do the same. Yeah. Wouldn't that which be nice cool.
0: if I, I personally couldn't fit into anything I was wearing 29 years ago?
2: Sure. That adds up mm-hmm. because you were a child. I was a. I was a three-year-old yeah you were you were a literal <laughs> tiny human yeah, a little baby would not um, work yeah so we get billy butcherson back this is again where one of the setting things kind of looks weird because like that graveyard is a big setting set piece in the original one and it's really obvious it's not the same graveyard uh it's really obvious it's not billy's original grave site and so Again, like you you yearn for the original site, which I know is still there. Um, they just didn't film there, but
1: yeah. we do get
2: Billy back.
1: We do, and we get the adventures of Billy and Gilbert, because they go on after Gilbert convinces Billy that we're actually trying to stop the Sanderson sisters, which Billy is very enthusiastic about, and the two of them continue to go and gather all of the ingredients for the Magic Eye Maximus spell. At the same time...
0: Well, I, I just want to point out, he also promises to tell Billy tell the world the truth about Billy because Billy's whole existence has been that he was Winifred's boyfriend. And he reminds us very quickly that they only kissed one time. So Gilbert says, I'll, I'll write this wrong and tell everyone in the world that that you weren't her
1: boyfriend. That's right. So they will, they'll do that. Uh, at the same time we have Becca and Izzy running around trying to find the mayor because they realized after listening to the Sanderson sisters that they need the blood of an enemy, which Mary is very excited about. A callback to the opening scenes when she put blood in the jello um, And the way that they distract the mayor from getting his candy apple, which he's very excited about, is by snitching. By snitching real hard on Cassie and the party being thrown at her house. Now... Do you call foul on this, either of you, or are we in favor of the snitch? Like, I gotta know.
0: I mean, if you're trying to make sure I don't get murdered by a bunch of witches, you can snitch.
1: Yeah, it feels that feels right to me. It, I, I agree. That's the litmus test for this. Is like if my life is in jeopardy, maybe snitch. Yeah, normally snitches do get stitches, but yeah, this is a preventative measure, preventing yeah. stitches or worse.
0: Yeah. The Sanderson sisters go to the fair because they're looking. They sure do, oh, and it do. is fun. It's again, it's the trope again. They they don't know what the hell's going on at the fair, but they are interacting with it like it's sixteen hundred Salem, and like there's a woman selling poison apples, poison in quotes. And Winnie's like, "Oh, you can't tell them it has poison in it. No one will buy it if you tell them the poison's in it." Amateur,
1: <laughs> right? The, the, yeah, and ultimately they enter. A Sanderson sister contest on the stage, which is just wonderful. I just thought that was so funny is to just like now this you've turned the Sanderson sisters into this tropey thing. Again, how they fit in the universe is, is inexplicable at this point. But don't care because now the Sanderson sisters are competing against a bunch of other Sanderson sisters cosplayers. And this is when I think everybody watching this movie is like, we get the big number. We are about to get the stage show. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah.
0: And I like that you get a variety of Sanderson sister. Mm-hmm. Like you get some high school kids. You get like literal drag queens like Ginger Binge, like famous drag queens are, are one set of the sisters. And it, it gets awkward because they don't win the contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is where we get our, our song and they sing one way or another and i just wish they were singing and i put a spell on yeah
2: you. this is this is what i was gonna say obviously i know that we're gonna get a musical number i was looking forward to the musical number and then it happened and i thought why this song mm-hmm. why one way or another like so my question to you all i put a spell on you is the perfect song right it's the perfect song because they're witches and they're putting a spell on them. It's the perfect song because it's a good spooky number. It was great in in terms of the, the way they work the spell in. It was just the perfect number. Obviously, we can't do the same song again. But this song felt really random. So my question to you is, what would have been a better song?
1: Ooh, Ooh I have two. Two in mind. One is... I would pull from another cult classic Rocky Horror Picture Show and do the Time Warp. I think that'd be hilarious. And then I would oh. also love to hear, if you're not going to do that cult classic, I would also think you should do um, Somebody's Watching Me. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. You know, Because they're looking for a the good mayor. Song.
2: I, I think both of those are great. Time Warp is, is an excellent suggestion. Uh, and Somebody's Watching Me often played during Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has that kind of spooky feel to it as well. And both, you know, uh, they... They both maybe don't necessarily work narratively in the way that I put a spell on you do, but I think that thematically they feel more connected than mm-hmm. one way or another. Molly, do you have an idea?
0: I think thematically, like, Thriller would have been really fun.
2: That was mine as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I Again, I don't know that it makes sense the same way, but I think Thriller is, I mean, the Halloween song, in my opinion.
2: And I thought that because... The next thing we get after they sing it is that the crowd marches toward the mayor, right? And I was like, what an opportunity.
0: It is very similar to the march in Thriller, like the way that the, the dancers all dance. Um, yeah. I do know the entire Thriller dance, in case you were wondering. So, I, I knew I, that I dance. I think nothing
1: less, less uh, than yeah. that of you, you yeah. know? It's true, I've seen it be played out before. I love that the Sanderson sisters also call out how inefficient... The dance movement is like they get mad and like, why? Like, this is going so slow. Like they literally talk to each other like, this is this is wildly inefficient. <laughs> this, why are we do? We can fly faster than this and find him faster. Leave yeah. them. Let I do go. like that.
0: I also like that one of the zombies notably has the Madonna costume that yeah. the mom from the first movie had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and they do. They do say the same spell they work the same spell into one way or another but yeah i think there was a better song choice to be had i can agree with that
2: you have to wonder this is a disney parks cut for you Mm -hmm. you have to wonder if they had already gotten the rights for it because it's in guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind and they go just use this guy twice. <laughs> I
0: mean, you, you say that, but Disney also has the rights for somebody's watching me because they play it at the Halloween party.
1: Yeah, that's true. So That's true. And I can't imagine it's going to cost a lot of money in licensing to get the Time Warp. Or Thriller. Okay, that is going to take thriller, a lot of Thriller, I feel money. like, could
2: take a lot, but I don't know. It's hard to say. I just, yeah, ultimately... I, I'm happy we got another number. I did feel like this is a damn random song choice for this song, for this number. But
0: I wonder if part of it, and I guess I wonder if part of it has to do with their singing abilities. Like, I don't think Sarah Jessica Parker or Kathy Najimy are really musical. And if you notice, they don't really sing. They kind of just do the like little I'll get you. I'll grab you. Like they just do yeah. like that. And in the original, they always just kind of were the backups. Yeah. So I wonder if it was like, what can Bette Midler still sing?
1: Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's super fair. Very. And I I bet Bette Midler probably was given a host of songs and she probably narrowed it down a pick from them.
0: Related. I want to hang out with Bette Midler. I watched a bunch of interviews with her and she just seems like just a delightful person.
1: Oh, a hoot. Not nay, a hoot and a half.
0: I just want to. I just want to hang out with Bette Midler, I think.
1: So the citizens are zombie marching towards the mayor. Who has gone and busted the party at this point and then come back to the festival. To very get his very, damn qu- apple. Very, very quick that's party right. busting. We have a throwaway line where the Sanderson sisters are saying they're chasing the village idiot and it cuts to Mike. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I was like, that that was that's funny. amazing. I also like, again... Team Bear here when all the zombies come up, he just has gotten his apple and he's like, Oh, are we doing a flash mob? And he's like really into it. Like,
2: I also love him. I like that they say it's so inefficient and yet the zombies immediately get to the mayor and surround him and have him. And meanwhile, they're like flying around, chasing Mike. Like they <laughs> if they would have just followed the town, they would have had him. Like it, it would have been so easy.
1: Yes, it's just a comedy of errors. But what they do end up getting to is to the mayor's house where
0: yeah, Beck and Izzy have gone to Cassie's house. Cassie's mad because they busted the party and they're like, no, we had a very good reason and then we get yet another sanderson sisters beat 2022 technology uh bit oh, which is Siri? great
1: they're terrified oh, of there's, uh,
0: it's Alexa. And, it's Alexa. And they're yeah. like, there's a woman in that box.
2: <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I really like
1: the Alexa bit. That
2: was very funny.
1: It is so good. We also have protagonists in this, particularly Becca, who's actually smart. Right. She's like, you're looking for this. I've got the only like, what is it? The essence of some leaf here. I've got the only essence of this leaf juice. remaining. It's it's Don't a juice. it's a
2: uh, like a. Fruit juice of some
1: kind, like a berry or something. In a Dasani water bottle. And she lures the Sanderson sisters, and they're eventually entrapped in salt. So they're trapped, captured in salt because they're the essence of evil, and salt repels evil. And the mayor comes home, sands Apple. He's so sad.
0: He's very sad. He's
1: so sad. He he lost it in the flash mob.
0: Two things. Did you guys... catch the call out the callbacks right here when the mayor comes home there's two one when the mayor comes home and he has his headlights on the witches freak out and they're like it's the sun it's the sun which is how max tricks them in the first one and then this one is very funny uh one of them goes oh it's not the sun it's a tiny bus and it's because they don't know what a car is but they learn what a bus is in the first one when
2: sarah drives the bus that's good yeah those are fun callbacks i struggled a little bit with this scene because They get surrounded by salt and then they don't understand what's happening to them. And I'm like, you knew what salt was in the first movie because they use salt in the first movie. And they're like, oh, salt, you're a clever witch. Right. Like they they understand what's going on in the first movie when salt is used against them. And now they're like what's happening why is it repelling all of our spells what's going on and that felt a little weird to me
1: it was they also upgraded the spell effects i don't know if we called that out when they were in the walgreens but winifred's lightning looks very much like emperor palpatine's like they have yeah, upgraded that significantly uh, maybe because the studios are now the same so they're just like take his lightning give it to winnie they are repelled the mayor gets back home he the mayor actually does do a, a call out to Walgreens. He's like, well, Walgreens doesn't have their lights on because yeah, they already funny. shut the lights out. <laughs> and he's like, I'm to pick it, this it, in the dark. It could be a caramel matzo ball for all I know, but I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> I just love him. <laughs> he's so
2: good. He's such a good character. I oh, love it. Also, he yeah, they're in his garage and he freaks out about it. And then finally he's like, I'm going inside. Like he just, he doesn't even care, right? He like actually, he's he just makes, like, I'm done and goes inside. He
0: makes a great line where he goes, Goes, all right, ladies, the party's over. And then, as he's walking away, he goes, "Older crowd than I
1: expected." <laughs> <laughs> Mayor's is a classic. Oh God, oh, he oh. really is so good. We all uh, so a lot happens in this next sequence, and one of them is a payoff that you mentioned, Max. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna hand that off to you. But what we get prior to that is Billy finds out that Gilbert was tricking him, he's- trying to actually help the Sanderson sisters dope. because.
0: Gilbert's uh, double-crossing
1: everybody. Yeah, Gilbert, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, and the last thing that Gilbert needs is the head of a lover. So he puts Billy in a headlock and yoinks his head off. He does. And we get the the classic callback to Hocus Pocus where <laughs> Billy spent the majority of that film trying to locate his head. Poor Billy. <laughs> Poor Billy. Uh, and Gilbert trots away, carrying his head like a football. Uh, and then we cut back to the mayor's home.
2: This feels very similar to the bit in the original Hocus Pocus, where it feels like the Sanderson sisters are taken care of, right? Like uh, almost paralleled by the, the car Whites showing that they've escaped, that like, you know, the that Becca and Izzy are like, I'm going to, we're going to tell our parents we're sleeping over at Cassie's. We're just going to watch, but they're trapped in the, in the circle of salt, we're good to go. Like, we're just waiting until sunrise at this point. Max goes home, and and they're like, it's taken care of. The Sanchez sisters got burned in the furnace. So like, we're done, right? And then the Roombas come, oh. and... They come around the corner, and I saw it coming from a million miles away once they ran. It was so good that they're like, they don't like it being dirty. And so they just come over and clean up the salt. And so the Sanderson sisters going to escape. And I was like, that's the best freaking payoff in this whole movie is that you use the Roombas to fly. And now half an hour later, they are solving the salt problem is... Chef's kiss payoff later in this film. I was so delighted by that.
1: So the Sanderson sisters escape and we go to the woods. And as the sisters escape, we get an, the the first sort of real and overt showing of Becca's powers. Because as they fly away, Becca throws her hands up into the air and like her, her hands sparkle. I'm gonna say blue and look to both of you to Blue is correct. correct. Blue but is
0: correct. Don't, don't they steal Cassie? they
1: do, steal cassie. They do they realize steal cassie
0: cassie would also have the reverend's blood
1: mm-hmm. yeah so she has she has plot blood she has plot
0: record. blood and is and becca have to go save cassie
1: right so we wind up back at the woods where we have all of the ingredients gathered winifred sarah mary book are about to cast the magic i maximum spell by the way book is having none of this shit Book doesn't want to cast that. Book doesn't want to cast Book
2: is a sentient being. I also thought this was clever when they flip to the the Maxima spell, they say out loud, it has to be chanted seven times, and they make a bit of that of like, oh, if you mess it up, you got to start over. And so as Becca and Izzy arrive, they've just started. And it's a really clever way of being like, you've got a little bit of time, like yes the casting has started but it makes sense that they've got a bit of time here to like make their move because we already know they got to chant this spell seven times and they set that up a little bit like i thought that was a really clever setup that now is going to pay off through this scene as they've got just a moment to
1: breathe even though the casting has started and we have the confrontation begin with sort of a witch-powered dick measuring contest where <laughs> mm-hmm. Becca shoots... That's exactly how I'd describe it. <laughs> <laughs> with, when Becca shoots itty-bitty lightning and Winifred and, surprise, 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 Sarah and Mary also fire back lightning f- powers back at, uh, back at Becca, which is, to them, proof that the Magikine Maximus spell is taking effect and, I think most importantly is affecting all of them. So mm-hmm. that's sort of like it is it is despite what Winifred is saying, which is give me the power, it is affecting all of the sisters at this point in time. And they're having this interaction where they are they're firing off the spells back and forth. I thought this was interesting and would and led to some pretty unique conversations between the Sanderson sisters because you get both Sarah and Mary kind of talking back to Winnie and you never see that happen before ever.
0: Yeah, Sarah says, I'm not a fool. Because Winnie always calls them fools. But then Winnie's like yells at her again. And she's like, okay. She yeah. like backs back down you know, right she away. She
2: backs down immediately. <laughs>
0: she's like, okay, you're right. I gotta go. Also, I forgot to say this earlier, but at one point, Mary is called a simpleton by Winnie. And I just think that's such a good insult.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> so easy to call somebody stupid. Yeah. You're a simpleton. You're stopping such a simpleton. And... Ultimately I think the the crux of this is they they're able to get Cassie out of captivity. They do this by Becca appealing to book. I also didn't I didn't realize nor anticipate that maybe I, should, I just didn't anticipate that book would be the central of a character right We saw book reject the Magic High Maximus spell in the beginning of the film we saw it reject it now and then we now see book rejecting Winnie for even trying to cast it and book goes over to becca and the girls the new coven escapes while winnie sarah and mary are all sort of like in on the hunt and the intent of this is for book to show becca the terms and conditions of the magic eye Maximus spell which mooney has not read you should probably read those terms and conditions Nobody right does though
2: yeah. yeah they set it up when they first open the book book opens to the warning Winnie says like I don't have time for that and skips past it. She begins chanting the spell. They get partway into it. And then as Becca takes book and they run into the woods, this is also where they fully like reunite Cassie with her friends. And like, I'm so sorry. It was all a misunderstanding Cassie. You know, they, this is starting to be established before Cassie gets taken of like Cassie would invite them to come, but they, they wouldn't, join ever and so she felt like they didn't like them they just didn't want to hang out with like mike's friends but cassie didn't understand that and really this was all a big miscommunication which is the most believable thing about teenagers there's ever been is that they don't communicate well that's totally my experience as a teenager
0: i i did like that they're like why would we want to hang out with you all you do is make fun of us and mike's like i just call you witches and say you do weird stuff and they're like that's what making fun of somebody is right. and he's like what like he again they play he they make him a little endearing where it's like i mean he doesn't get a hall pass for being a jerk but they did kind of make it funny where like he didn't realize that it was hurting he literally says i have story. to
1: reevaluate yeah, he, a lot of my relationships right now i
0: like, like that's that he his did some self-reflecting and <laughs> yeah he he's a lovable idiot yeah he's an oaf he's the town idiot
2: He's Bill the idiot. village idiot. That's right. So you get the reun- like the reuniting moment. And then as they they're like, Book, show us what to do, Book flips to Magic Maxima, right? Like I think they're expecting Book to flip to a different, like, help us fight against the Sanderson sisters. And instead it's like, no, here's the spell. But they, it specifically flips to the warning and specifically calls out that whoever casts it will lose the thing that is most valuable to them. And basically implies like you need to get Winnie to cast a spell like the the secret is actually not to fight against her. It's to let her cast the spell, like let her go through with it and things will work out
1: because it's, it's uh, really the warning is. And Becca comes out and says it like she's going to lose her sister's. Yeah. Becca Becca has the realization that Wendy hasn't had. And Becca still uh, like to her credit attempts to intervene, attempts to stop Wendy by saying like you're going to lose the sisters. Ultimately, it is too late and you get Sarah and Mary turning to pixie dust. It's so sad.
0: I was crying. Yeah. I cried. It was dramatic.
1: It was v sad. Also, Bette Midler was acting her ass off. I so. think they
0: I mean they all, there were some sad moments of like when they realize that Winnie's not coming too, it's really sad. And when you see Winnie being like, not my sisters, like, I can't do this without them. You know, I, I take it back, I take it back. Like, how my sister, like, they've been the trio of sisters for, you know, since they were little kids. And she's, calling out to them and they're telling each other that they actually love each other. Like, it's it's a sad scene. That I yeah. literally was
1: crying. Yeah, you almost forget they're child murderers.
0: Uh, well, I'm, you know what? They love each other. And then, <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> yep,
2: they love you each know, other. That uh, makes it better. Then,
0: yeah, then Mary and Sarah disappear into the pixie dust. Of course, Mary ends with a, bye bye Yeah. And uh, then when he's like, bring them back, bring them back. And, you know, what can I do? How can I, I, I can't do it
1: without them. And book opens to a spell that is the reuniting spell. The new coven, very much in a transition of witchly power, reads the spell as a coven for the first time. And book closes. And when he's like very confused, wait, why aren't they here? And this is when you realize that like, no, 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 you're going to them. You get book being emotional, which was again, Little disconcerting, but heart's in the right place. I guess it has a heart. I don't know. It's got tears. It has marks. a spine. Nice. Has eyes. Is that a book joke? Nice book joke. Well, book joke a for book you. Joke.
0: I I was teary here too because you think Winnie's going to be sad that her sisters aren't back and that she's disappearing too. Um, but instead, they say, "No, you're going to them." And she goes, "Oh, how lovely! Like how mar or how marvelous!" And she. Turns to pixie dust as well
1: and joins them. And as she turns to pixie dust, all of the effects of her spells dissipate. We find this out because Billy Butchers can can talk again. So he comes in with some Woody one liners. He can also finally rest. They drop this line here, and I want to like bring attention to this. They Billy drops this line that he's actually been awake since ninety three. Yeah,
0: sixteen ninety three. Oh no, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, nineteen ninety three.
2: Because he said, "I got woken up, and then I couldn't go back to sleep." Which so now yeah. he
0: can finally rest, and and Gilbert kept his promise to Billy. He told the sisters that he was not Winifred's boyfriend. Were you guys emotional in that scene? Did you Which think it was scene? I know I. You guys probably didn't cry because I'm dramatic and cried everything. Did you think it was too cheesy? Did you think it was good? Like, how do you feel about the sisters turning to pixie dust? Winnie being sad scene.
1: I think it was an interesting bit of forced learning for Winifred in the moment. It's, it's a, it's a trope, right? When he only realizes what she has when she loses everything, right? Like in pursuit of ultimate power, you lose everything else in that pursuit. So I think that's a common trope. So to watch her go through that journey, right? Is emotional. But I think again, it was just, uh, it's objectively sad, but I, I think it made me emotional.
2: Yeah. I, I think I'm on the same track as Alan, which was that, I thought it was a lot to get me the audience member to go from these are evil witches trying to kill children to I need to care about your emotional relationships in literally one sentence. It felt like a real heavy tone shift on Winnie as a character who's been established as like the evil witch and we've been like rooting against her since the first hocus pocus movie i i have a hard time being like oh i care about your emotional well-being now like i i don't i think the writers are leaning on mm-hmm. bet midler and this character being lovable and that we all love the sanderson sisters and so you are going to care about them but i think in the story i struggle with why I should feel sympathetic to the evil character, they've been murdering children. Like I, I don't, I don't feel sympathy for her in that moment, right? So I, I have a hard time with it. If I'm being honest, I think if I feel sympathy, it's just because Bette Midler made a character I love, mm-hmm. and not because I think the writing has earned that emotional moment, right? Like I, I don't think it narratively works. I think it only works because. I loved this movie as a kid, which maybe is enough for a sequel. I don't know. But in the moment I was like, ah, I don't I don't think this actually works as an emotional
1: beat. It's also interesting because I think it's mostly an, it's a farewell to Bette Midler. It's not a yeah. farewell. Like, I, I don't think, I think you as the audience member love Bette Midler interacting. her acting. Yeah. I love the Sanderson right. sisters. Right. So that's, yeah. uh, if yeah. it
0: was any other villain, I don't think it would work. Yeah. Like if it was Thanos or Voldemort, I would be like, no, Fuck that's you. get so out sad. of here. But like, it's yeah, it's because you love the Sanderson sisters. I also think this is why they introduce kid Sanderson sisters as to try and show you where they came from and hopefully give them more of a three-dimensional character besides just evil witches. But yeah, I don't think that plot-wise it makes a ton of sense, but I think, yeah, just the nostalgia vibes.
2: Yeah, I, I think the nostalgia vibes make it work. I think that it is, yeah, it's at war with itself a little bit over... I think the movie up until this point, I guess, is what I'm saying is, is going to go against what I'm saying, which is that I don't think the movie is taking itself very seriously. I think the movie is mostly fan service. And so if the movie is mostly fan service, then this is a fine fan service ending. Right. I think that by doing that, you're kind of giving up that the movie has good narrative plot writing. Um, and, and I don't think it's good narrative plot writing, but I don't think that the movie's trying to do that. I think it's trying to be mostly a fan service sequel. So that's probably fine,
1: I guess. What they do is they effectively baton pass, right? I think all, at least I walked away thinking you've got the foundation for probably a Hocus Pocus series on Disney Plus, right? Like that, it feels like that's what they're trying to set up, honestly. I
2: i agree except that i'm sorry i'm gonna jump forward i think that the end credit scene is weird then
0: like i didn't like the end credit scene i
2: just i don't understand what they're doing with that if if this is the goodbye moment like we get a post-credit scene of not thackeray Banks jumping up to a box that's labeled black flame candle number two and it's clearly gilbert has made more than one and i'm like what are you doing
0: Right. You're not like, getting them back. You're not getting Bette Midler, Kathy Nimgeny, and Sarah Jessica Parker back to do this again. Like, right. there's no shot there's going to be Hocus Pocus 3. Like, right. I mean, if there is, I'll watch it. But like It's been I,
2: very successful, so never say never. But, like, I just it doesn't feel like we're going to, I agree.
0: And, yeah, and they made this a very final emotional goodbye to the Sanderson sisters. But this
2: is also the same studio that, gave us
0: a final emotional goodbye to the Toy Story characters.
2: I was literally going to make that. I was like, with this, we're, we're literally talking about Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 right now. So, like, And I love Toy yeah. Story
0: 4, so I'm not here to sure, say yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't watch another one. But yeah, I, I love that they didn't end credits, but I didn't... I wish the end credits, when I saw... I knew to watch the, the end credits, because a bunch of people said, oh, make sure you watch the end credits, right? And I saw the cat, and I was like, oh, they're finally going to pay off this fucking cat, and the yeah. cat is going to Reveal that it is a human, or that it is related to Thackeray Banks, or something's going to happen with this cat. It can't possibly just be a black cat.
2: You get your you get your Danny payoff, right? Like you get something. Like somebody comes in is like, oh, where'd you go? Get off to or whatever. Picks it up
0: and it's it's Thora Birch. I yeah yes, and unfortunately, it is just a black cat. And yeah, I agree. The post credit scene wasn't it for me.
1: I think for all this or so let's just do this. So we have we have the film wrap with the girls having a reconciliation with Gilbert which is wild. There's no reason that these girls would ever want to reconcile with somebody who tricked them and almost got them murdered doesn't make sense to me. And then they what I think was neat is and I guess in a fanservice kind of way is the three, the new coven walks like the Sanderson sisters yeah. Yeah. down the they, street. They, they do the Sanderson walk. walk. Yeah. Which is, which I was like, okay, that's kind of cute like that. And then of course we get the post credit scenes as you mentioned.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, it wraps cute, but yeah. the post, the post credit pissed me off.
1: Yeah. It's very weird. It just, it seems to conflict with the way the movie ends. Uh. Right. But that was Hocus Pocus too. So, uh, I think all of us kind of agree going into it. Like this movie is intended to be fan service. It's intended to re- give us back, you know, some time with some really iconic actresses for a cult classic movie. But I am curious as to what you would rate God, this film. Hard. Yeah, I agree. This is a hard one. Okay. I love Hocus Pocus one. And I think if I was to put, if I was to write Hocus Pocus one, it would be very, very high on my scale. This one I'm going to give, I'm going to give this one a 6.5. It is above average. It does not meet the expectations of the original to me. But here's the deal. And this is this is something that I was going to mention later. Like it's I don't understand why people are gonna people would like take out the, the torches and pitchforks and be like, this movie's not what I, I, I. it never was going to be what you wanted. You would have built this film and the hype around it in your head to the nth degree, or you come in with just utterly low expectations, looking for them to actually be be subverted to, right? Nobody is ever going to be happy watching this movie, especially if you've seen the original Hocus Pocus. As a child, no less, right? I think it does what it is designed to do. And that is to give us some time with some beloved characters to pass the torch in a way that makes sense for the next generation of watchers, in a way that gives them the potential to, if this is successful, to launch into something else. Like a Disney Plus series. And what it did was it also like I got to see some of the magic of the Sanderson sisters again. And that's what I wanted. So I can't here sit here and trash the movie. It is above average. It's not great. But it is a it's a 6.5 for me.
2: I think um, I'm not going to be far off where Alan's at. I think that there are there were moments that really delighted me in this movie. I, I love the Roomba scene, as I've said. I think that their use of technology is really clever in general. I also laughed out loud at the Alexa bit. I think it was wonderful to see these characters back again. I actually liked the new protagonists as well. I thought that for a movie that, you know, like between a rock and a hard place when it came to a protagonist, um, I thought they, they cast pretty well and, and I found them to be likable. And, and to your point earlier, on, like smart and had agency and, and I liked all those things. I liked a lot of the fan service stuff, but I didn't think that the narrative was very strong. I definitely don't think that it's, anywhere near the level of the original Hocus Pocus to me, I, I will give it a 7.5. I think that it was a fun movie that had moments that I really enjoyed. I liked being with the Sanderson sisters, but it lacked in some of the areas that would have made it up at the upper echelon of where we've been so far.
0: I'm going to be close to that, but a little bit higher, I think. I want to remind everyone listening that this is a scale that I'm rating DCOMs on. This is not my scale for like movies in general sure yeah. like for sure. i gave smart house like a nine and right. and th- that's compared to other decom so <laughs> it's i'm putting D-com this scale. in the same category this is not compared to like jaws or like actual good movies right. um so for that reason i'm gonna give it an eight because i think i really enjoyed watching it i actually enjoyed watching it more the second time because i Knew the plot, so then I was able to kind of focus more on the quippiness of the sisters, and I was able to pay attention more to Mary and Sarah in the background and their kind of funny jokes and funny one-liners. I think it was very clever in a lot of ways, like them eating the face masks and stuff to be young. It had a lot of good fan service. The, the main thing I'm knocking it on, because I actually don't care about the plot. I'm going to be honest. I don't care that the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't care that it, the entire thing hinges on me caring uh, about Bette Mittler in the last 30 seconds and crying. Like, I don't care. It. I. The plot could have been nonsense. But, but why it's not higher is I wanted more fan service. Mm. I wanted I put a spell on you. I wanted... Of cameo from somebody in the first one or more references to people from the first ones, even if they didn't have Allison and her yabos, like just to acknowledge her or maybe we meet one of the characters and that's their mom and they reference it and they show the house like I just wanted more. You're you're just clearly making a fan service movie, so make it the most fan service possible. Like, there's no possible limit on fan service, and I feel like they were trying to almost be like, we're going to give you some, but not all of it. No, give me all of it. Disney Plus, you make a fuckload of money. you telling me Thora Birch is so busy you couldn't have thrown a couple mil at her and she couldn't have come back? Like,
2: come on. Allison's mom ran the museum, right? Like, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> It's such an easy end to just like mention, like, even if Gilbert's like, oh, I bought it from, yeah right? Like even a name mention would have been literally a line of dialogue. It would have been so simple.
0: Yes, I would have loved. I would have loved if one of the teachers called down the hall and Max was another teacher. Like, I don't know. I just more, more, give me more.
1: I poured through IMDb reviews. There are hundreds already. Mm. And I will say this, that there are a lot of very passionate people who feel very strongly about this film Mm. and are very vocal and unkind in these reviews. Mm. So I have been I have been really pouring to try to find some things that aren't just people who I think are unable to put on the lens of objectivity. Find joy in life. That too. (laughs) So I'm going to read one that's just a title because I think the title's really funny and it it's a 5 out of 10 rating. Um the title is Hocus Unfocused <laughs> or and this literally, or in parentheses, or Hex in the City.
2: Which I, That's <laughs> funny. I like Hex in the Hex City. Hex in the City. That's funny.
1: And honestly, the review sounded, uh, it's from the 30s, it's from the launch, it says, trust me, I really wanted to love this, and was super excited when they announced the sequel. I tried not to have high expectations, but I couldn't help myself. Unfortunately, this didn't work on a lot of levels. Uh, they mentioned things like the Sanderson sisters don't mention Max, Danny, or Allison at all, which I think we we mentioned as well. But what they mentioned, and we didn't, they shift the revenge plot to a descendant of a mayor they hated in Old Salem. Wouldn't they be hellbent on getting revenge on the dude that exiled them into the woods? Or, like, no mention of the characters from the first film, and then they switch to the to the mayor's daughter instead of the mayor themselves, like, super fast, almost on a whim? Again, I'm not going to do this. By the way, this is literally an essay, so I'm I'm picking and choosing pieces from this. I think the the, the main thing I get is it was nice to see the ladies all together again but it felt a little hollow with this script. Hmm. And I was well that that kind of sums it up, right? And this is probably one of the nicer reviews that I that I found here. There's a lot of there's a lot of what I think is sort of unnecessary hate for when for for a movie that we all knew was going to be for the yeah. fans and fan service. Unfortunately,
2: that's a lot of movie reviews these mm-hmm. days, especially with remakes or sequels or or whatnot I guess I guess the way this movie feels to me is having not been in the writing room this is just how it feels when I watch this movie the way it feels is that a group of people came together and they started with every joke they wanted to make right they were like it would be funny if Roombas it would be funny if snapchat filter it would be funny if like they threw out every reference and joke they wanted to make and then they wrote a story that allowed them to make all those jokes they're like oh that could happen at a walgreens right like it it feels like they started with those like the jokes forward and then rather than writing a uh, a story and like putting in the jokes but it's probably not
1: what happened it's just the way it came across to me all told though i'll watch that movie again I will watch Hocus Pocus two again. I think it's just a nice little nostalgia hug, in a lot of ways that I want sometimes. And like, obviously, I'm gonna, I would prefer Hocus Pocus the original, but I mean, that's not. This is a popcorn film with a lot of fan service, and I'm and I'm here for it. I'm glad that we were able to do this for our Halloween special, first Halloween special of, of many to come, by the way. The so I'm witches, to the later.
0: witches, the witches are back. Oh oh oh.
1: Oh my gosh! The sisters are here,
0: and we got a musical number in the credits too. We did.
1: We did. did. They really put to the the musical talents of Bette Midler on display. What do we got next week? Horse sense. Horse sense. sense, Which yeah
0: i'm i'm worried about expressing my excitement because the last time i said i'm so excited for this movie it was Uh, don't look under the bed and we all know what happened with that so i will just say it stars at least a single if not two of the lawrence brothers
2: two of them we get we get dose lawrence brothers andy and joey lawrence make their decom debut
0: I was a big fan of two-thirds of the Lawrence brothers. One half of that two-thirds appears in this film. I'll let you do that math. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm holding my breath to see if it holds up.
1: It's right. also a horse movie for a horse girl. Heck That's yeah, we're going to get I got, horse
0: facts. I, I, ooh, I just hope it doesn't not uh, do look under the bed.
1: Alright folks, thank you so much for listening We appreciate you Please leave us a review and like And subscribe to the podcast Wherever it is that you get podcasts It really does help us out And we really appreciate it Also make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels They are at Mammoth Club or at Mammoth underscore Club But most of all, know that we appreciate and love you And we will talk to you all next Happy week Happy Halloween Happy Halloween Happy
2: Halloween! Number Boo Boo